I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back to the High Tech Podcast. I always say welcome back because it's been a while since you've listened to us. I don't know. Was it the last episode you just listened to a moment ago or has it been weeks? No idea. But whenever you last listened, you're back and we're very thankful. The important part is is they're back. Me, William Ellingworth, one of your two co-hosts. And you just heard, who's that? Bill? Josh? (laughs) I don't know. Is that Bill Schwartz? That's, uh, no. Not correct at all. Yeah, Josh, uh, I'm the co-host. If you've never noticed, right, I, I I take this very seriously, but if you've never noticed, Josh's last name is Swartz. There is no schwa yes. in there. It's a very it common thing S- for folks to give him a schwartz. W-A-R-T-Z, and then here is my social security number. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and he lives at... Um, <laughs> No, we're back, folks. This is episode 113. Wow. It's actually going to be a lucky episode, even though 13 is a bad luck number for some folks. We have joining us this week, Steve Martinez of the Cami app. Now, this is one of um, many situations where I met someone on Twitter. <laughs> I feel like we. I feel Surprise. like we need, a, I mean, we need a sticker for you. Like, there should be a shirt that you wear. And you get a sticker each time it happens. Like I, I met Badges. someone. Yeah. Like it's just Ted Lasso with like a, you met a cool person. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And you get it all over your shirt. I, yes, I like this idea. Um, yeah. Your networking ninja hashtag is, you know, at work. Steve knew nothing about him. And now we want to be best friends with him. Yes. We've already recorded the intro. Yeah. The, the I mean, we are best we friends. Know. Steve We're and I. We're best friends. Yeah, yeah. He's already been here. He, he, <laughs> he, he flew over after the episode was over. <laughs> We're very excited for you to listen to this conversation because, frankly, we started out with an easy topic. We just said, hey, what's flipped classrooms like? And yeah, it's not an easy topic. And then he was like, you flipped the desks. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. Nailed it. Um, But with with the powerful beard that he brings to this conversation, you will be enraptured by his story, because, frankly, I love people who become. uh, No. This is not the way to rate. No, it, but you it, hate people, people who, who become something. <laughs> I hate. No, <laughs> I love people who are educators and then find out how to educate, quote unquote. No, like Steve demonstrated in his story. He is a fantastic uh, and, and, and heart bound mission driven educator. And then he went and got a master's degree in it. You know, he and then he went in, into the classroom like he was already doing para education stuff. And he ended up in the classroom. I'm very excited for you to hear how the story plays out, because um it's it's how my story went in some ways. Like I wasn't trying to be an educator. I just love doing this stuff and being involved in it. And and it's just so exciting to hear how his story comes together because as he's doing his work, if you're familiar with the theory and the why, the research behind these techniques, you can be like, yeah, he, of course he did that. Of course he did that. Oh, duh. Yeah, I should try that too. If you're not familiar, Steve is literally following the playbook, and he was and he was he didn't even know it, right? He was writing the playbook yeah. as he went. So. I don't know. You got anything else? I think I think I'm, no. just, I'm already I feel like if I say anything else, it's just basically us repeating what the interview will be, you know, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right, folks, let's turn it over in just a second here. You'll be hearing from us and Steve. Okay, folks, usually when we're starting up with a new guest, I spend a lot more time on the guest, but I just have to call it out real quick. My EdTech Life podcast getting a cameo in this episode. Thank you, Steve, <laughs> for bringing the Fonz to us. We love that. Uh, my tech, my EdTech Life is hosted by Fonz Alfonso. He uh, is a part of the Education Podcast Network, which you hear at the beginning of every single one of these episodes. So we're very excited to have that rep here. But besides a wonderful hat. How are you doing today, Steve? Great. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Josh, for having me. Uh, super pumped for an enlightened conversation. Whew, that's asking for a lot. I hope yeah, we get there. a lot of standards, man. Like, uh... <laughs> we hope we get there, my friend. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's set the stage. So um, you're working for Cami now. Wonderful t-shirt. Love it. But you were a teacher for quite some time. So what was that transition like for you? How many years were you a teacher? All that. Yeah. So I was a 
social studies teacher for four years. Yes. And for 14 years before that, I was in the music education space. Awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. So which involved uh, working with kids for sure, um, but also doing a lot of writing and designing, um, working with parents, band directors, really wow. like a crazy spectrum of stakeholders now that I think back on that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and I did it. Uh, did it start really young, but then got to the point where I was like, wait a second, I'm basically teaching. I was going into classrooms. I was going into football fields. I was, uh, had my own like pedagogy before I even knew what that word was, um, and what it (laughs) meant, right? Like I had classroom management before I even, you know, even was experienced to, to that kind of language. Um, and so got my, got my credential, got into, uh, the, the, the social studies space, um, and really because of my background, like leaning into the technology seems so natural, like yes. with music okay. software, with drill software, yeah. stuff like that. It just made sense. And it, it made sense to me of like, well, you utilize all this technology for good and to solve real problems that teachers experience in the classroom. Um, and so spending four years, uh, in that social studies classroom, I, did a lot of work um, in graduate school, but also like, you know, your typical certifications of right, you know, right. your MIEs. Yeah. I'm an MIE expert, right, on the Microsoft yep, side. Yep, um, hashtag. Okay. <laughs> hashtag, yeah. Um, I also, <laughs> I, I also um, leaned into, uh, obviously, Cami. Um, and Cami okay. was just a company that they just had this, like, this welcoming vibe, this openness yeah. of, like, we, Steve, we want to hear your feedback. We want to collaborate with you. Mm. Um, I eventually ended up being uh, a Cami Hero, which is a part of their ambassador program. Yeah. Uh, okay. Which was, you know, like you as a teacher, you're like, oh, I'm a part of this prestige group. Like this. this I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm part a of the hero, cool crowd, right? And they you call know? me a like... hero. No teacher gets <laughs> called a hero. Um, <laughs> and so. Um, from there, they invited me at the time. So this is right during the time where we're really, we're, we hit the pandemic um, mm. and Cami was offering up uh, this uh, virtual conference um, and, okay. and called Cami okay. Connect. And the first one I attended, I was just a participant, but the second one and the third one, uh, they asked me to speak. And oh, wow. right, that was my, my first Cami Connect was the first time I've ever presented to teachers which was Ooh, crazy because it was oh. kind of a big audience. It wasn't like this like yeah. right. local thing. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. And my first one was on blended learning. And uh, I just immediately felt like as much as I love students and I love connecting with students, like, there's just like this broader audience of these lifelong learners that I mm. felt I could make an impact in very different ways, but maybe even more meaningful by trying to touch a wider spectrum of education. Right. right. Um, and so building that rapport with Cami, it just, and they, they also have a podcast of their own, uh, teacher, teacher podcast. Um, oh, that's if awesome. You want to okay. check that out. Um, yeah, I was write also it down, the, <laughs> write that down, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good little show. Um, uh, I was on there talking, uh, project based learning. Okay. Had a good time with that. So it was like all these, all these things that fell into place, Right. And it eventually led to um, being at Q, uh, which is a big conference we have in California, um, okay. seeing Cami in person, a lot of their workers and stuff, and just like connecting with, connecting with them there. Um, and I won't say who it is, but someone someone nudged me like, you know, at Q and was like, Steve, come on. What are you doing? And, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, and... and and it wasn't, it wasn't anything pushy. It was just like, would you, would you ever leave the classroom? Um, and my, my initial answer was like, no, because I, I, I loved using technology and pedagogy in innovative ways to give students experiences that, frankly, they don't always get, at least at my school, at least in my district. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because I wasn't a stand and deliver guy, right? Like I wasn't like passive learning is like how do we i don't know you strike me as pretty dry just like that that straight lace yeah. front of the room kind of guy that's what i'm getting that's yeah. the vibes when i looked the first thought i saw when i looked at you was like yeah he's a podium guy he's totally behind the podium <laughs> oh yeah with the suit yeah yeah 
<laughs> but yeah, so like that. So just to answer your question, that was kind of that's kind of my journey. Uh, maybe a little yeah. long winded, but that that's kind of my no, journey perfect. of like oh, perfect. how I how I started and then how I eventually ended up with a company like Canon. I love it. That's awesome. Now, now, in the process of that, like I'm hearing you saying project based learning, you're, you're coming out of the band stuff. So you've you learned the pedagogy after expressing, I'll say that after expressing pedagogy, right? You were already teaching, you're already doing the, the work, but then you learned maybe through master's degrees, other things like that, about like the technical terms and things like that. Um, what what introduced you to the idea of like a flipped classroom? Was that something you stumbled across or you were already doing it and then found the name for it? Yeah. It was it was kind of interesting because I I come across it um, even as a college student. Uh, okay. Even as a college student, um, we were doing during that time when I was in college, they weren't doing flipped, but they were they were doing um, hybrid, right? Where like yep. these yep. universities are like, hey, let's cut costs by not having the students <laughs> show up all the time, right? No, they never do that. Um, they, they don't they cut never money. Do that. <laughs> Uh, and so, but then when I, when I started teaching, um, I did read a few things, uh, seen a couple things like on Twitter and these people, a few individuals using this, this term called flip. And, um, and initially I was like, okay, if I'm able to leverage the class time differently, um, I can really move past a lot of my frustrations that I had. Mm going through the credential program, seeing my cooperating teacher teach and bless her heart. She's an amazing teacher. Um, she was that sand and deliver and she's a gifted lecturer, but I right. was not. So I'm like, how do I, how do I move past that? And then also this whole idea of students taking notes, like the old school way, right. Of like, they're either <laughs> listening to you or they're not documenting their learning. Yeah. Right. Right. Or they're like, they're doing it's, and then it's the other way around. And it's like, so what's there's there, we, there was just something about it. I'm like, my students were performing decently. Like you have like average kind of scores, right? Like if you look right. at like, like yeah. the, the whole average of your class, but I was like, that's not for me, that wasn't good enough. I'm like, how, how do we, how do we do this better? Or, or at the very least, how do I do this better? So initially with the flipped classroom, I was like, look, if I can get them doing the initial learning outside of the room, now I have a full 50 minutes for engagement, for creativity, for teaching. At the time, we, we used to say soft skills. But now yeah. I'm like, man, these are so critical now. Like yeah. now yeah. that we're out of the pandemic and seeing where the workforce is going, where, you know, the involvement of AI, like all these things. It's so important that students know how to communicate, collaborate, know how yep. to get on a computer and do those, you know, word processing, all that stuff. But how are you supposed to do that if you're quite literally pushing new information to them at least 35, 40 minutes out of each period? It's, it's impossible. <laughs> I think it's impossible. And some um, of the science shows that they're only going to get maybe 20 percent of that anyways. Yeah. Right. So you've just exactly. wasted. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Preach to the uh, choir. Yeah, so that was that that was initially how I got into it, um, and okay. when I first started, I, I I'll be honest, I was kind of blind. I was like, I didn't do any of the research. Um, I, I was like, hey guys, we're just gonna do some videos. Let's just try it out. But the big success, even with me doing it like super rookie at it, um, all of my seniors, all their test scores went up exponentially within two weeks, and that was Whoa. just me, just like, hey, we're trying something. So I was like, wait, Whoa. there's something, there's something to this. Um, shortly okay. after that moment, I had gone, uh, I started working on my master's in curriculum and instruction. And my thesis was on flipped classroom. Uh, okay. So okay. then doing the deep dive on it, I'm like, oh, whoa, there's so much more to this than just <laughs> having students do some videos <laughs> outside of the class. Like there's a wide range of benefits and nuances that are a part of a successful flipped classroom. Yeah. I, ironically, awesome. I've always seen the flipped classroom as like getting students to internships faster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how I did my internships, right? Like we got in, we got in a room once a week, we did a little debrief and it's like, okay, make sure you try this this week. And you went out and you went and did it 
in your internship. Like it's not fully that, but it's as close to that, in my opinion, as you can be in the structured K-12 education system where they have to be in your classroom. Well, all right, if I have to have them here, well, then let's do something. Let's, you know, let's practice what we're trying to get them to learn. Yeah, exactly. Well, it it just seemed to, when I was first introduced to the idea, I remember thinking the same thing. First being like, okay, like, do we just like flip the furniture upside down? Like I I was, I was in college too. And I was first introduced (laughs) to the idea and I was like, so what we just, okay, cool. Flip it. Got it. We sit Uh, on our heads now. Yeah. Uh, But uh, the idea of just using that time with students better was really my first takeaway. It was like, okay, this seems like more of trying to say, getting them prepared for time to come together and not wasting it, just trying to slam information at them. They're that all the science says they're not going to remember all of it. That was always my favorite part. Like when you're getting used to like teaching or communicating to people, they'd be like, here's how you do it. You lay out these things. And then they're probably going to remember 20% of that. And I, I remember thinking early on in college being like, isn't, wouldn't that be like a failure? In, in school like 20 percent feels like i failed like shouldn't we do that differently than if that's not the case now i'm curious steve for those listening who are maybe less familiar with flipped or like they've heard of it but they haven't necessarily done it what did so i, I know you mentioned some videos and stuff but what did it actually look like for you when you started implementing flipped like what was some of the stuff that you changed about both what you gave them outside of the classroom and then also like what you were doing inside the classroom with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's start with the, I I guess the videos themselves. Um, Yeah. So that's a lot. So I was, I was the only one on my school site of like a hundred teachers that was flipping like full on flip. And this is the pandemic. So (laughs) I, I read a lot of like, you know, success stories that this was not me, but like, Hey, if you're in a flip, do it with a teacher buddy. Like, Hey, how about <laughs> if my homie next door can make like some half of the videos and then I'll make the other half and we collab like yep, teacher yep, collaboration. Yep. Imagine yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I built all of my stuff by myself, which it took me, oh, man, it's, it, it took me a hot minute. Right. Um, <laughs> And you didn't sleep for the school year. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. So when I, so I, when I first did, I did it mid year, starting with spring economics. Okay. Okay. So I did the whole build that with just economics. Like, okay. so I didn't Light flip. Topic. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't flip everything all at once and I didn't build everything all at once. Okay. So I, I actually okay. started flipping with my older students first. And okay. then like, okay, then I'll get to world history, which building the content there, that was much more challenging than doing it for economics oh, yeah. and government. Like that. But so there was, there was the video component of it. Then I got smarter. I'm like, okay, we talk about how to be more engaging in the classroom as teachers. I'm like, it's time for me to level up like some of my software and how do okay. I be more engaging with the video stuff? So um, there was a, app or a tool that i got uh familiar with uh it's called mm-hmm i don't know if yeah, you yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah 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 we just so saw I it at i that thing that thing is hot like that thing is like <laughs> the stuff you can the stuff you can do in that and then all that stuff got you know, anyone from cammy's listening that stuff usually get paired with cammy but um <laughs> like it's super it's super hot in terms of like how you can get like students would be like Whoa, Martinez, this is like professional stuff. I'm like, thank you, bro. <laughs> uh, I got you. <laughs> but yeah, I got you. Um, but yeah, so like like leveling that stuff up there, but also um, less is more. And so I would not make a video longer than like 10 minutes, 15 minutes the max. And looking at the micro teaching of it, I'm like, you know what? Tonight, students, we're really just going to learn about demand. That's it. And then we're going to really do the assessment piece in class, that formative, low stakes, taking analytics, right? Seeing who knows what before they even enter the room, right? (laughs) And if I could pause here, Steve, and just like say to any of current faculty that I'm working with who happen to listen to our podcast, I know there's a couple of them. If you're listening, just listen to what Steve's saying right now. 
and replicate. That's all. That's all <laughs> I want. That's all I want. Ten minute videos. But you're <laughs> also the analytics before they come in. This is I, I love what, this. This is fantastic. what's amazing to me. Hearing your story here, Steve, is that you're doing this mm, while you're researching some, but you're also you're in the time, right? You're doing this because it's what sounds good. It's going it, to you're you're getting it a try. Like like as you're writing this stuff down, as you're talking like, oh, I tried this. I, did. I was like, yep, that's the theory. Yep, that's the science. Yep. I'm like, it's checking the boxes of everything that I studied in my master's degree. Right. Right. But you're doing this like just just because it felt right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, you're, you're just like stepping in. Yeah. And so with, with students, uh, some of the challenge sometimes was that buy in. They're like, oh, we got homework. I'm like, yeah. that 10 minute video is all the homework you have. Like, yeah, really, if you think yep. about it, like you have all mm -hmm. the class time now to work on whatever project, whatever essay, whatever. And so that kind of takes us because I know like uh well, like, like your, your original question was like, okay, how did you build this outside and inside? It did change how I handled that in-class time. And first right. mm. it was rough because I was like, wait, I used to just talk at them for 40 minutes. The heck do I do now? And so <laughs> it was like, wait a second. I have all this extra time. All right, cool. So let's think different about this and, and how to, but then that, that, that actually went, What's interesting that then going back to the to be to the beginning here is that went back to like when I was teaching drum lines, I was like, wait, how do we leverage all of that time? It's a lot of repetition. It's a lot of mm. hey, you you already know, you already know how to play a role, <laughs> but how do we take it to the next level by doing some think pair shares, some buddy system, mm. some cooperative learning, right? Some jigsaw method, and I started compiling a laundry list of now all the extra stuff that I get to do in the classroom and then think about doing and teaching things outside of my curriculum even like yes they they learn the history they learn the civics but right. they started learning like wait we can learn entrepreneurship we can learn about branding and marketing we can do cross-curricular instruction with other oh. teacher friends right mm. It just opens up all these doors of what you can do inside the classroom. And what one good example that I have, I think, is um, everyone hears this term station rotation. Now, this was back then. They're the station rotation term. And I remember when I was a substitute teacher, I'm like, oh, that's like an elementary thing. And I was like, wait a second. This could be really cool at the high school level. Because at the high school level, like if they're creating, curating different things or taking whatever they learned the night before in the video and applying it and differentiating and no, nay, customizing and personalizing for our learners <laughs> built around these stations. Yes. That is where you're meeting students where they're at. And it's for me, one of the more like equitable things I did in the classroom. Mm. I, I love that. I, I just love the, uh, the view of how much it, opens uh, opens up the classroom time for other things uh like you said basically like you start to realize if i don't have to communicate all this information in this this mini period of time but i'm able to push it out into a different space not overload them uh but push it out into these digestible clips these things that they can look at come into the class prepared it opens up all the doors for you to bring in all these different types of practices that are getting them to actively engage with what they were hearing and learning to both try to pull it back from memory, both try to apply it to things, think about it in different ways, engage with each other around it. I, I, I have to say, Steve, I love your, your drumline example. Uh, so I'm a drummer myself as well. And I, the second you said that, I remember that as well. Like I remember I had a, I was not in drumline. I, I started too late and got too into rock music and jazz music, but I, uh, remember having a jazz teacher and that was like his thing was like you're going to watch these videos of guys doing this you're going to get the basics of the techniques and then we'd come in with other students and you'd essentially like go off of each other and, and play with each other you'd also work off of each other view each other give feedback and he'd be walking around kind of like this ominous jazz teacher looking at your <laughs> looking looking at how your hand positions were uh, and he, he always he always got me for being too much of a punk drummer um but uh <laughs> the, that that piece though was that 
I got to kind of introduce to the idea, start to maybe mess around with it myself, looking at the instruction and then being able to get feedback and engage with it in new ways and see how other people were playing it and how they were trying to do it and actually talking with them about how they're trying to do the positions or the beats or like what they do with their hands to do stuff to see them or see how somebody else is playing it. And I think that example fits perfectly with any content to like you're showing in economics to world history, you're getting to engage with that content then with other people in different ways and coordinated activities and all that stuff to start to process and mold more understanding of what they engaged with the night before or whatever, whatever timing that video was before the class that, and we know from looking at how people learn that that type of flow is needed for people to understand things. So I just, I love that, that whole flow of it. And uh, that's, I'll, I'll, and that's super, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I just like one little like follow up with that is what's interesting in is my students would tell me, Martinez, your class is crazy hard. And they would tell me like, you're, I would have students legit, like they were AP students, but they, they didn't take AP their, their senior year. They're like, your class is legit harder than AP. And I was like, no way that cannot be possible. They're like, no, no, no. But it has nothing to do with the workload. Like AP workload. That's nuts. Your class is harder because we have to think so hard. Oh, no. <laughs> and, but they, but, but they've never, they, they just get conditioned of like just yeah. memorizing a ton of stuff and then yeah. spilling it out in like this little moment of time, whether it's on a test or an essay or whatever, but with the way it is with, with the flip and how they have to come in and really apply, look at blooms, right? Like really apply and then, yeah layer in the project-based learning like on top of that like it was really solving a lot of problems simultaneously but my question to them always was but is it good for you and even Ooh. even when they didn't want to they'd be like yes <laughs> yeah. that is that is tw tw back to back there those are the greatest compliments you can get as a teacher right like is it good for you and them answering yes but also that point of like why is it hard? Cause you make us think like, dude, I want to give you a gold. I want to give you anything. I can a trophy, a gold star, a something like that's <laughs> just amazing. I love that. Um, I, I was, I was thinking through like what you said about the laundry list. Like you had to stop at a moment, you know, so you, you make this radical change. Suddenly your classroom is, is significantly different. The classroom management issues are about to go through the roof and you're, you're stepping there for a second. Like, what do I do? And you said you made a laundry list of the types of things you could now use your classroom time for that cued for me, this thought of like, wait a second, nine out of 10 teachers then are standing in the room doing one thing for the entire time. Like, like if that's what we're doing for a majority of instruction styles, direct instruction styles, right? You are doing one thing to teach them every day, the same style of teaching over and over and over again. You're saying like, dude, I got, two dozen things I could do with these kids today, which one am I going to pick, you know, and, and, and taking that, that approach to saying this might work better for these students. This might work. That's, that's differentiated instruction, right? But that rotation of it is going to challenge all of them at different times. Direct instruction is going to work for the person like me who just kind of keeps it in his head and is going to take work for the student who can like take good notes. And that is not going to work for everybody else. Uh, like that's, that's your, that's your split up. You're going to lose 33% of your students and the other 66, like they're going to have hit and miss too. Whereas you've got these, like just a laundry list of opportunities to put your students up against to, to help them learn in different ways and new ways. To me, that's like, there's, there's research on flipped classroom, you know, it's proving effectiveness. There's, there's ways you're saying, even with your students, their, their end scores were great, but that's it for me. Like, we can teach them in more ways. We can do more with them than just lecturing, than just the traditional direct instruction method. Uh, why don't we yeah. do this episode sooner, Josh? Because <laughs> <laughs> we needed Steve here. We've been we've been waiting for Steve. Thank and you, he's Steve. arrived. That's the that's the real answer. Steve, I'm curious. So I, I'm I'm just very curious by your your walk into this, right? Because it's very interesting jumping into it not having a lot of the the research and information about it before kudos to the way you approached it <laughs> um, like you sounded like you did in approaching it but i'm curious i know you said then you through degrees and stuff are getting more information about the actual and doing research on it 
how did you did that cause you to tweak the way that you did any mm. of the stuff in there like once you started to get some more of that information seeing that okay they're you're two the, yeah you're two or all other people are doing this or this what did you maybe tweak about how you did it was there something maybe you brought in for how you did stuff outside of class or in class that you maybe changed that you were like oh this really worked well or i love i loved this yeah, so going back to, so we talked about how we made my videos more engaging, but yep. I was just speaking maybe uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, right? Like okay. using mm. software and all that stuff. The other thing I added to that is uh, using various tech tools to uh, gather analytics. Um, okay. While students were watching the video, and uh, you can. Teachers out there, they you probably already know what that tool is for you, and because there's so many of them now. Um, <laughs> and, and so, like, so let's say, let's say Cami, for example, like there's a, there's a video on a doc, they take notes, but now Cami now has a, a question tool. So if yep. you're able, whether it's Cami or any other tool, pose those checking for understandings throughout a video. And some of them, like the video stops, right? And then it'll mm, okay. there's a question, you answer it. And if you can find a tool that collects all of those analytics for you, not only that touch that touches the basis of like your uh, your 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 assessment, right? That formative checking for understanding, but it's really telling for a teacher when they look at the analytics and like, hey, how come all of my students really struggle with this part of the video or with this question? Yep. And then talk about going back to uh, differentiation, like talk now I can go into first period, first period struggle with this question. So we're going to mm. head on tackle that thing mm. with this group of students or yep. small group of students. And then with second period, they rocked it. And so, but they didn't rock the end of the video. So let's right. tackle that. Right. So now like, um, you know, you're looking at, customizing across all of your classes for all of your students. And so really collecting the analytics and using technology as your ally to do that um, was something that I eventually added while doing all that research, while looking at um, yep. other struggles that other people have yeah, written yeah. on and um, really using all of that information to give me, give me the tools and the data that I need to drive my decisions in a classroom. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, you know, I, I would always start the day, like the students would come in, there'd be some sort of bell ringer, which was always different for class per class period, because it would be the thing that they struggled with the most. Mm. We talk yep. about it and we would then do a, I would call it a check-in quiz. And I would use like Cami or, or whatever tool I had up that day. And they would then take, a quiz but right. they would take it and then we would go back and correct each one yeah and so when i would correct each one students would be like oh 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 i understand that now or i kind of right. got that in the video but now i get it here because martinez is actually in the room with me so again mm -hmm. what works for one will not work for the other and i did recognize that and my videos weren't perfect right like and and i and i recognize that but at the end of that check-in quiz I always had students do a, a self-reflection. Like, how did it go? What did you struggle with? And, and if you were to do this again, what maybe study practices, what kind of norms would you establish? Mm. Like, like yes. that self-monitoring. And um, the big thing I would ask that I knew a lot of my colleagues wouldn't always do because it is scary. I would ask them, give me feedback. I want your <laughs> feedback on... How was the video? Yeah. Did I deliver stuff clearly? Was it engaging? Did the questions really tailor to the check-in quiz that you experienced in class? Mm -hmm. And I would yeah. read all that feedback. And then, so here's the other benefit of that, is this power struggle from a classroom management perspective, this, this I'm your teacher, you're, you're my students, that wall would just virtually not even be there. Wow. Because I, wow. They, to me, they felt, and they, they give me this feedback where like, they're like, you're just another member of our classroom community. Like, you're just a part of the group. You're a part of the team. And there was a level of trust there 
that really right. went a long ways for when I did want to try something new or when I did need to push them, whether it's academically right. or maybe yeah. with this, that, or the other different things that they were struggling with. Right. And that, that whole, this whole language we would hear during the pandemic of like, we have to build relationships. We have to build relationships, like healthy <laughs> relationships. We're poor with students. I felt like a lot of times that was lip service because mm. it was never mm. really clearly articulated to me. Like, well, how do you do that then? Like if you're an administrator telling that to your staff, like, how what are, are the steps? That? I kind of stumbled into the how without yeah. even knowing. It. I'm like, wait, this is how yep. the flip learning fostered that environment for me to do that. And there was other choices and research that that went behind that. Right. But right. I was just I just got really lucky that I was able to build those healthy that healthy rapport with my students with flip being there for me um, and 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 again, providing that atmosphere to do so. That's that's I awesome. It. I love that. I love the just even the your point about the relationship aspect. Like, and it's funny because we we talk about it and we hear that all the time. And and, and I laugh when you say you feel like it was lip service because I was like, what humans say we should build relationships, but we don't actually mean it. Uh, it just sounds fun. <laughs> it's the but thing to do. It's the thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the 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 part of it that you did that's it's at the end of the day, not that complicated is talking to the students, giving them a chance to speak into what's happening. You want to build relationship. It doesn't happen through crappy questions of acting like you care about the students or uh, gimmicky things that you do with relationships with students. At the end of the day, it starts with showing that you actually want to hear from the students uh, what they think and honoring that. In, in that way and I think that's what you saw happen there right is when you start to do that that breaks down that barrier Will and I were just talking about this a couple episodes ago I don't remember what it was but uh, talking about how just building that rapport with students a lot of I know there's pushback in other areas from people who act like that's like well we're not here just to give the students whatever they want or you know I'm not here to, to babysit the students you know especially we Will and I see that a lot in higher ed um, where it's like we're not here to um I can't think of the word right now. I'm here to deliver the instruction. It's up to them to to take the instruction. instruction They're here for me. But basically that idea, but the point of just how much payoff having rapport with your students does, right. Being able to speak into their lives in ways that is earned through relationship in there. And no matter what you want, you can be the most authoritative person ever. If you don't have that relationship, that's not the impact's just not going to be there. Like I know we were talking about, professors or teachers that we would go over the moon for to do or work hard in that class. I remember working hard in classes that I could have cared less about the topic, but it was because that teacher respected me and I had a good relationship with that teacher. And because of that, I wanted to engage in that class. Um, I wanted to engage in those areas. So I just, I think that's, that's a cool component of this in the flipped classroom is trying to figure out how to build those relationships. Yeah. And like what I used to hear often is like teachers would be like, oh, these kids are not, they're not the way they used to be. These kids are different. I'm like, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and, and rightfully so, because like, think about what this generation has gone through just in the last five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like learning at home, like all, all that, all that stuff. And kids are going to change and they're going to continue to change. But my question is, how are we changing as educators? to make sure that they get everything they need to thrive throughout their lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. And it's a good statement. Yeah. Uh. That's clip worthy right there, my friend. Like, it's just like, yeah. Um, All right. Respecting time. We typically have uh, folks talk about something they want to, you know, some app or something they've used before. Yeah. They're interested I wonder in. what he'll I, pick. I, I wonder <laughs> like, if you have might, any yeah. apps in hard. mind. No. Uh, so really, though, I've not used Kami, a Kami. I only heard about it. I Honestly, I think like bumping into you through Twitter. Like I had not been familiar with this tool. So if you'd like to talk about Kami, uh, give us a little insight into what it is, what it does. I'd love that. Yeah, sure. So I think when people first come across Kami, they're like, oh, it's a digital annotation tool. Okay. It's like Adobe. And, uh, <laughs> and no shit. 
no shade to any like Adobe person out there or anything like that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I just think that the, that the two things are very different. Um, the yeah. way that I, for teachers out there that they're like, Oh, like, I don't know what Cami is at all. Um, what I tell them is like, Cami can quite literally be the entire ecosystem of what you would need in your classroom. Like, so like you need love it. Video stuff. Cami has that. Uh, you need to provide more efficient, but also high quality feedback. Cami has that. Collecting analytics and assessment. Cami now has that. Um, and the ability to have an app with high level of accessibility where now Ooh. it's not about writing out an essay anymore. You can write out that essay. You can do it on paper still, but you can put it in a Cami doc. And now I can give, I can use voice comments. Students can reply using voice comments, text mm. to speech, speech to text. You can use it for a, a collaborative experience with students for ideating and brainstorming. And so to me, it's, it goes beyond just a digital annotation tool because of all the accessibility. We now support more languages. Um, okay. The built-in dictionary, right? Um, like all these things that are, were, were really meant to support all learners in a classroom. Um, and I think one of the things that Cami is really proud of is how we integrate into all the learning management systems and yeah. how like it, it just, it's like a one-stop shop. Um, and because let's get real, like it's, it's super hard training students sometimes like, Oh, you have to go to this tool for this video thing, or you have to go to <laughs> yeah. this other tool. for Been this saying other thing. it my entire life. <laughs> yeah. And it's facts, facts. Right. Uh, and the, the thing with it though, is that, you know, now we can house all of those different, um, type of items that you may need in the classroom would house it into one app versus all these other apps. And the yeah. fact that it's integrated into like, let's say a Google classroom game over in terms of making clarity in the classroom, but still being able to deliver content and have students deliver that content back to you in right. meaningful and equitable ways. I'm, I'm just looking at like the lead screenshot on camiapp.com and I've got text, I've got highlighting, I've got drawings, I've got comments. So we're talking like, you know, Google comments or whatever, like the classic collaborative comments we expect these days. I see voice, I see video, I see collaborators. I see, you know, it's like, it's actually a very simple image when you look at it at first and you start trying to take down all the stuff they got in there. I'm like, what, is it a Swiss army knife? It's a Swiss army knife. It's it a is. Swiss army knife no, from ed tech. It is. And I think... I think Fonz uses that term for Cam. Of course. Which is, yeah, <laughs> of course he, he uses a Swiss arm. I'm pretty sure he's he uses that when he speaks. And by the way, Fonz is a Cami hero. Uh, if you if you're not aware, ah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. He he's getting he's gonna get tagged in this episode. I'm gonna send it to him directly. <laughs> We're gonna get he's on gonna Fonz's be like, I don't show. remember being on the High Tech Podcast. Why am I <laughs> so often in this episode? I know, I'm, Steve. Real quick, I want to make sure I want to I want to highlight something. I think you mentioned when you were talking about how you used it and flipped. Did I hear right that they also even have like you can add questions into videos in Kami. Is that did you mention that not, or was that something not, tied differently? Yes. So it uh almost. So okay. you can we 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 have a tool called Kami Questions which are really building an embedded question onto the Kami doc, not into the video itself. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's cool. But you can you can use it, you can use those question types uh in that way though. Um, yeah, if, absolutely. If, if you're, if you're trying to collect analytics, um, that way. So think about like the way I, I explain questions is like, imagine you have Google form, like we've been using for quite some yep. time for mm -hmm. assessments, but if you had all of Cami accessibility on top of that. Yeah. So like the way that we assess students now, we make it a more, more equitable and then <clears throat> we can better have students demonstrate their learning right. by let's say they can do a screencast what we call a screen capture comment to show all the steps in a video straight in cami straight in cami like all this is all straight right. up in cami Woo. Yeah. 
Where? Yep. Why? Oh, man, I'm like learning a whole bunch of stuff during this episode. One, we should have brought you on earlier. This connection should have happened much sooner. <laughs> Two, I need to go open this app like immediately. I yeah. I love the idea of all of that stuff being in a in a ecosystem for people to access. Like, because that's one of my biggest frustrations. And while Will and I love all the different apps and things that we look at, it's always difficult when you're trying to do all these things with students and trying to bring everything into a singular place, they they usually, you just don't find that experience in a lot of different apps. I'm trying to bring a lot of, it just sounds like it has a lot of cool stuff that comes together in one area that could be very utilized well with students. Yeah, and that's why, that's why my team, the teacher success team, that's why we're mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. So we offer up that professional learning, that professional development, um, mm-hmm. all free. Whoever wants to learn about Cami can book wow. us and just learn. And so wow. like, and yeah, and to me, it's not just always about the app. So I do like, I'll do a flip classroom session, but it's right. a Cami flip classroom session. Right? Yeah. right. And for me, it's putting the teaching first and be like, okay, here's this tool we have. By the way. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that serves as an ally, but like teachers appreciate that though. Right. Like yeah. we're not, we're not that typical vendor of like, hey, here's how to use every single tool. Uh-uh. We're meeting teachers just like I did with students. We're meeting, meeting teachers where they're at yeah. by really, yeah. what, what are your pains? What do you want to get better at? What do you want to thrive at? And being that, being that coach, that guide on the side, helping them along not just their, their cami journey, but their journey as an educator. Yeah. Mm. golf clap golf clap i mean just just i'll do it on screen there we go yeah um that's fantastic steve we have kept you too long thank you so much for uh this wonderful story about the flip classroom background but everything here about cami you've enlightened us we hope to enlighten our audience as well and uh this is not a closed door glad to have you back or if you got other camiites what's is there a term are you camits camis what are you what are you uh, cami heroes isn't that a thing no well so like it's internally uh we're we're chameleons yeah, if you and any other chameleons want to come uh, fade into our background. Yeah, there we that go. was much better than whatever Will and I just came up with. So. <laughs> <laughs> they came up with it, not me. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much. We're uh, Josh and I are going to do a little debrief here in a little bit, but uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you again, my friend. Yeah, no, so. thank you. Thanks for having me. Whoo, buddy. Okay. Like this is now I, that you've seen the beard, you know that his beard is powerful. It's, it's there's Josh's beard. There's so much that like, I didn't know that like other soulmates could be found, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Sam doesn't usually listen to the end of the episode. So yeah. She'll never no, hear she this. Is, and she's behind on the podcast too. So she'll never, she'll never, she'll never get to that point. No, like I, I love this. Cause like, uh, you just met your alter ego, right? I did, yeah. Except cooler because he's he didn't say this in the podcast, but he's been to Hobbiton. Um, oh yes, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> like what the crap? Um, no. So what I loved about this episode, beyond just Steve is amazing, um, is that flipped classroom for me was like the first educational principle or like educational pedagogical thing. Right. That Theory, I method. knew before I even knew what pedagogy was, pedagogy was and, and how that all applied and things like that. I felt like that was one of those things that was introduced to pretty early on in college. And the, you know, of course the teacher who introduced it and started doing it, explained what it was. And I, yeah. you know, learned what that concept was. And it started, I think, I don't know when it really got popular, Will, but I feel like during our times in school, it started to grow in popularity a bit. Would that be fair to say? I think, I think it's fair to say probably the last 10 years, the technology has made it practical. It's made it more accessible. It didn't didn't used to be very easy to do a flipped classroom. Like how, how did you have your students do stuff outside of the classroom that you usually taught them in the classroom? Before the internet, it was smoke signals. Like, (laughs) so you, you smoke signaled the video content and then you had them come back. They had them come back in. That's yeah, a lot. Just, yep, that's some good. thoughts. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it was one of those first things I learned about. And ironically, Will and I have never talked about it on the podcast. And so it's been interesting to hear Steve talk about it. what I really appreciated with Steve is that 
he didn't have that background beforehand in flipped classroom. Right. And yet right. like he textbook implemented flipped classroom. Like if one could write a textbook on if how to do flipped classrooms, it would be what Steve did. Like exactly. That's basically how if someone, it would work. If, if you went to a class that taught you how to do flipped classrooms, it would tell you to do the things. And, and Hey, don't, don't hear us wrong folks. I'm sorry. Like listener, don't, don't hear us wrong. Right. I can't say he followed an exact procedure, but like yeah. he had to build the relationships key. He had to build content outside of the class key. He had to make it um, engaging. He had to improve it key. You know, he had to figure out how to do assessments now, key, like the, these key points, right? He did all of them. I can't say it was the perfect linear progression, you know, or not, please. Yeah. Steve's awesome. He's not perfect. You know, he's close. He's close. He's close yeah. to perfect, but he's not quite perfect. I mean, but, yeah, he but, basically got all the key blades <laughs> from Kingdom Hearts and did a flip class. Yes. Like, that's, that's what happened here. <laughs> yes. I love this episode. This is like, yeah, this, we've nerded out so much. I love it. <laughs> it's it's great though i the the now piece i want to play kingdom the, hearts thanks yeah it's been a while you know um the thing that i love about really what steve was doing is just and, and highlighted so well is that to do flipped classroom when you do it it does open up a lot of opportunities in the classroom to do other things that we know foster learning right and we're not we're not saying flipped classroom is the only way to do things like i i do want to highlight there is always a movement in education against any kind of like rogue speaking or, or lecturing and things like that. And, right. and I absolutely agree. That should not be the only thing we're doing. There are some people who are like incredibly gifted in that. And I would listen to them talk for hours and actually learn what they, they do. And if that's yep. their gifting as a teacher doing that, there's, they can lean into parts of that. Don't only do that. Cause we know learning science says that no matter how great you are at it, that's not only how people learn, especially different topics. But what I, what I love about what Steve's identifying is like, that's just not the way it, he does things and instead finds a different way through flipped classroom to transform the way he's working with his students and build better relationships with them. Yeah. And that's where yeah. I would encourage, I think a lot of teachers, no matter where you're at in K 12 or higher ed to consider the same type of methods or to consider start doing it. Like a couple of key things I want to highlight that Steve did well we was jumping in that we didn't get too deep in. So I'm going to get a little meta here for a second, right? First, Steve went very simple teaching method, right? So uh, the book that's titled Simple... Small Teaching by Small James Teaching. Lane. There we go. There's another book titled Simple Something that I always screw up. So Small <laughs> Teaching. I lean into that very heavily because it's all about picking something, taking small ideas and implementing them, right? And so... Now, Steve didn't do that entirely, right? Because he was recording a whole crazy about a bunch of videos. But he didn't do the videos. They weren't like perfect videos. They weren't the most amazing videos. He'll right. admit that in the beginning. He picked a class. He went with that class. He did the best he could in that moment and implemented some flipped classroom principles. And through that, learned different ways he could improve, ways he could change. And he's also getting feedback from students during doing this the entire time. Like those are important ways to start the flipped classroom model like i would encourage anybody listening to this you don't necessarily have to be like steve and immediately do the whole class or one whole class yeah, think about yeah. even just doing it with a period like a week or a, a class project. meeting you're gonna do or a project like yeah. and see how that works because you can see in steve's instance he got to have so much more interaction with students. And I think there's such power to freeing up that space to be more of a place for students to try things, interact with ideas, think about something they learned through the video in different ways. There's just a lot of great stuff that Steve, I think, highlighted in the way that you can use a flipped classroom to really help your students engage and think carefully about what you're teaching or trying to get them to learn. Yeah. I, I, I think the episode was near perfect. Um, we gave a little bit of the preview, maybe a little too much preview this time, but I, I really hope that folks, you take to heart the fact that um, I, th I believe Steve's basic bit. Whatever. Wow. You what know, that? when you're in a podcast and you just lose, is that your like brain busy ethics? Is that, I, 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 is that <laughs> let me do some vocal warm ups real quick. I'll be, no, no, no. Um, Steve's biggest tool was his heart. I don't want to be cliche, but, he wanted to reach his students. 
he had past experiences like with drumline with things like that where he had those good relationships with learners and so he knew what it was like to have that and he was he he could acknowledge where a technique like the flipped classroom would help him get there but but yeah. at the core of it he wanted to reach his students he wanted to teach them better and i'm i'm just I'm just flying high from that. It's always cool to speak with, hang out with somebody who's so mission driven and hear good technique, good ideas, good methods, a good tool like Cami, right? Like it's great to have all that too. But to me, Steve's biggest win is where he started from. He knew he yeah. needed to have those relationships. He knew he had to reach the students. And then, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's just some rom communism. Okay. That's a reference to Ted Lasso folks, but I don't know if it's what, what's happening to me, but I'm just like, Man, the fact that he could acknowledge he didn't need to be that that sage on the stage reference, but he didn't have to be this authority figure. He wanted to be a, a group leader. He built a relationship with the students where they saw him as a participant in the learning ecosystem. And it just started like that. That's just one of many things in this episode that checked the boxes for me on my philosophy of education. I think that education is a collaborative process, a cooperative process. And the fact that he was willing to acknowledge that, embrace that and be a part of the learning process mm -hmm. with the students. We recently had, um, Sharon Laricella on Dr. Batgirl. That was a, that was an episode, a couple, couple episodes back for us. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in front of this episode, I was and just going to roll with it. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's when we did that episode. Uh, <laughs> she said though, in hers, she does all of her assignments. That is another practice here of people who are engaged in the learning with the students, not mm -hmm. just separate, not this, the significant authority of, I will teach you, but here's how we will learn that. Yeah. I mean, yes. Thank you, Steve, for the flip classroom technique, uh, techniques and methods and your experiences. And I'm so glad it was a positive one. Uh, but <laughs> that message of being a part of the learning process with your learners, just check the box for me. That's it. That's yeah. a, it's a yes. It's a yes from me says, uh, William Illingworth, Mark Cuban. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And, and I know you were on Shark Tank. That's this is, just stop me. High tech Shark Tank. Here we go. Josh and Will yeah. will give you two dollars to get your no, company no, 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 up no, no, and no, no. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, only one company. It's it's a whole thing. It's, it it will be a different podcast. Yeah, anyway, it's it's going downhill at this point. So what's coming next week? Well, Steve is coming back up. No, I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> Next week we do have another guest. A little uh little cross pollination uh podcasting education podcast Go network friend. Yeah, exactly. That was a weird pattern that you did. Well, I thought I thought for a second you were there was like a commercial that's very similar to that. And I thought you were going into into that vibe. Yeah. For those who don't know, uh, we are part of an education podcast network, which you should definitely go check out at edu podcastnetwork.com i didn't have that up ready for this at all i don't know what you're talking about um, at the beginning of every single one of our episodes you hear from one of the other speakers yeah, on the yeah, network it's like you got a little reminder but in case you skipped over that shame on you um <laughs> that's we're part of the network well uh but shiva franklin is a host of the podcast overthrowing education and she's also a part of the education podcast network we have talked we've been in meetings with her in the education podcast network a few times uh, we've been talking with her a little bit uh, i've listened to her podcast a couple different times which has some great content in it i highly recommend going to check it out but she is actually going to be joining us for next episode for the next episode to talk about training students to ask better questions through the lens of questioning paired with tech tools. If you're curious what that means, what that uh, topic will look like, well, that's great. The episode's next week. So what are you doing? Wait for it to come out. Check out clips <laughs> on YouTube before it comes out. Uh, that is going to be our next episode. Episode 114 will be that episode. A reminder I, again. Oh. I, I messed I messed up your notes there. It's it's uh, Frankel, not Franklin, but we will be having a bunch of a Frankel. Frank, did on. I say Franklin? Yeah, uh, it's all good. That's, I messed names! up Notion. I messed names! up Notion. It's all good. Frankel, we're very excited to have you. Much of it. We can't wait. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. At least I got the, the most important and cool part of her name correct. Um, so it's mainly because every time we talk, talk about you if you're listening to this episode we only refer to you by your first name because it's too cool <laughs> um so 
speaking of somebody who would take a lot of of hebrew it i highly appreciate it um so anyway uh that is our next episode just as a reminder to find us online at twitter youtube or basically any other social network at this point will has been expanding us i need um, to uh, uh we'll uh, figure that out so check that Here's a 50-50, folks. I'm going off the script, most things, so I'm putting Will on the spot. <laughs> we are either at High Tech Podcast or some things we are at High Tech Pod because some other podcast out there that's not operating, doesn't even have an episode, pinched our username. So it's it's fine. I'm not uh, salty. It's fine. But uh, Twitter and YouTube, at High Tech Podcast. Instagram, threads, at High Tech Pod. Uh, Reddit high to at high tech podcast. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ones that are happening. Don't worry. We will be, a better list. we will be updating our website and all our stuff here soon with other social media handles for us and find us, but two main places still Twitter and YouTube. Uh, you can find us at high tech podcast. Uh, please. If you have not followed us there or subscribe to us, especially if you've not subscribed to us on YouTube, what are you doing? Go, go over there. Subscribe. You know, Click if you don't know where YouTube is, like it's youtube.com. <laughs> Fun fact: Let me Google the creator, that. Creator, original creator of YouTube, went to high school to my wife's high school, so that's fun. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Know you that. didn't know that? Okay. Well, that's a different topic for a different time. But uh, <laughs> yes, find us on YouTube. Subscribe. You can also email us inbox at hightechpod.us. And a reminder: our website is hightechpod.us. All of our episode pages are there with information about the apps and the people that are on our podcast. You will definitely want to check that out. We also have a ton of other resources and some other new stuff coming there that you'll want to check out. So make sure to check us out at our website as well. Thank you again for joining us for another week as we continue to learn what it looks like to harness technology in the classroom, whether normal, flipped, upside down, backwards, all over the place, whatever you want. Reverse, reverse. Topsy-turvy, I don't know, online or in person. See ya. See ya.